Several years ago, there, uh, a guy named Gary Chapman, I don't know if you all have heard of Gary Ch- Chapman or not, he wrote a book entitled The Five Love Languages. Anybody heard, ever heard of that book or read that book? Uh, for those of you that have never heard of it, basically what uh, uh, the book is about is he, uh, he has identified five ways, uh, five, five primary ways that we human beings express love. Uh, and be, I think, if I'm going to try to remember them. The first one is quality time. We express love to one another by spending quality time together. Another uh, expression of love is through acts of service. Um, some people receive love best through acts of service. Others receive love best through words of affirmation. Uh, some refer, uh, re- receive love best through um, touch and Lastly, uh, some people receive love best through receiving gifts, all right? Now, there are quizzes. If you go online and just put in love languages, the five love you can take all kinds of quizzes to figure out which one of these love languages uh, is yours. But I'm going to make it a little easier for you because the truth of the matter is you can figure out what your love language is simply by paying attention to the way you express love most often to others. It's a subconscious thing, you see. Because what we do is uh, we presume, subconsciously mostly, that because I like to receive love this particular way in one of these five ways, then everybody else will too. Now, this is one of the things that get couples in trouble sometimes because they presume that their spouse has the same love language as they do. And they think, why doesn't my spouse get me? So anyway, that's a whole lot. We're not getting into marriage counseling today. but uh, By the way, all of these five, we all like to be loved in all of these ways. We just have a preferred way. So here's my question. I wanna, I'm just going to take a little quick inventory this morning to find out how many we have of each. So how many of you have a Uh, your preferred love language is spending or having quality time with people that you love. Raise your hand. There's a few of you. All right, put your hands down. How many of you have a love language of uh, words of affirmation? Raise your hands. Several of you. Good. Uh, How many of you have a love language of um, um, acts of service? Raise your hand. There's a few of you. Interesting. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's, it's almost been an even thing so far. How about... Uh, your love language being touch. Raise your hand. So about the same again. All right, last one. How many of you have a love language of receiving gifts? Wait a minute, Lisa. You raised your hand more than once. <laughs> was as many of you? Was that? Is, are you all lying to me? You all like getting gifts, don't you? Let's just. As I said, everybody likes all of these things. We just have a preferred one. But what I'm here to tell you today, especially for Lisa, because she was the only one that raised her hand for receiving gifts, <laughs> I want you to know that uh, God, I, God and I have some gifts that we want to share with you today. So this, is good. this could be um, the best Sunday of your life, as a matter of fact. If you pay attention, you will find out today that God has some gifts for you that will change your whole way in which you um, 
view the world and view your life if you figure out what they are and how to use them. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to, we're going to explore this whole concept of gifts that God has for us. And God, throughout the Bible, God uses different names to describe these things. Sometimes they're referred to, uh, you may have heard in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, they were referred to as manifestations of the Spirit. Sometimes they were referred to as talents, and other times they're referred to as spiritual gifts, other things too. So today what we're going to do is we're going to um, answer a few questions like, who gets these gifts? Uh, and who gets which gifts? What those gifts are to a certain degree. I'm not going to go into a, a lot of detail about what the gifts are particularly. You can have to, you'll have to do that research yourself. And finally, we're going to look at the question, what purpose do they serve? So, I hope you're excited about this because it's kind of like Christmas morning. Greg, did you hear about that? Did you hear what I was saying? It's almost like Christmas. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, or 12, verse 7. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. Uh, because the reason why I want you to open up your Bibles is because um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is probably the uh, most often passage of Scripture that people refer to with regards to spiritual gifts in the entire Bible. The fact of the matter is, there's lots of different passages in the Bible that talk about these spiritual gifts that God wants to give you. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is probably the go-to chapter. And in this chapter, uh, you'll find a list of the, the, what these spiritual gifts are, and you will find answers to all, all those questions that I raised just a moment ago. Let's first begin by looking at 1 Corinthians 12, 7 again. If you remember what it says, it said this. It says, To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, there's a lot in there. There's just one little verse, but there's a lot in that one little verse that we need to understand. The first thing is this. Answer to question number one, who gets these gifts? The answer is, you get these gifts. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been promised by God at least one of these spiritual gifts that you'll read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in other places in the Bible. You get at least one of these spiritual gifts. That's awesome. And you don't have to do anything to deserve it. Simply because you have received God's invitation to become part of the family. God is giving you a gift um, as, as being part of the family. That's pretty cool. So, you have been given a gift, at least one gift by God, simply because He loves you and because you are part of the family. Now, you don't necessarily get to choose which one of these gifts are, but because God, because you don't deserve it, God's just given it to you because He loves you, but you get a gift. Now, um, there's another thing that I need to unpack for you here. We've already established the fact that everybody gets one of these gifts, whether it's called refer to it as a manifestation of the Spirit, spiritual gift, or talents. That's what everybody gets at least one. Um, but what about this whole concept about how many you get? I make the point of saying that you get at least one because um, some people 
will receive more than one. Now you think, well, Craig, where'd you get that idea? Well, there's another uh, passage in the Bible about spiritual gifts that is very common. It's known as the parable of the talents. It's found in uh, Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14. And if you're familiar with the parable of the talents, which is another name for spiritual gifts, you will discover that Jesus himself is letting us know that um, everybody gets at least one. In his parable, he's letting us know that everybody gets at least one. But some people will get more than others. Now you may think, well, that's not fair. Why do some people get more gifts than what I get? Well, first thing you need to remember is that um, you didn't do anything to deserve them in the first place, all right? These are gifts from God, chosen by God for you. So there's really nothing to feel like you got the shaft over anyway. It's just a free gift, right? But there's something else you need to know about these gifts. Even though these gifts were given to you, they are not for you. Did you hear what I said? Even though these gifts are given to you, they are not for you. You see, as you read the parable of the talents, you will soon discover that these gifts were given by God for a grander purpose. Now, what is that grander purpose? If you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says that the manifestation of the Spirit was given to each one of us for the common good. So these gifts that you have been given are not about edifying you, they're not about you deciding what I want to do with them because they belong to me. These gifts that God has set aside for you have been given for the common good. Another way of saying that is, these gifts have been given so that God can use you as part of the plan. So that God can use you to help share the love of Jesus with the world. So it's not about you. See, that's one of the things that Christians... Um, often forget. It's, not, it's a kind of a human frailty. We have this tendency to be very self-centered. And before you become a Christian, that's okay. After you become a Christian, however, God is doing His very best to try to help you kind of open up and realize that it's not about you. In fact, if you're wondering why you're discontent, if you're wondering why um, you're unhappy, why nothing ever seems to be enough, you could probably start right there. Because you make the mistake of believing that this life is all about you. As soon as you start doing this and you start opening up and fixing your eyes on others and on Him in particular, and you stop making it all about you, and about others, you will suddenly find that the sun is a lot brighter. The simple things give you joy. And the stuff you have really isn't that big a deal. Because it's not all about you anyway. So, what we know about these spiritual gifts are that they were given to you. Ultimately, you get to decide what you're going to do with them. But they do have a purpose. 
but they're not about you. They're about others. So remember these things, okay? Now, here's what's even more cool. God gave you these gifts but the fact for a purpose, but the fact is everything that you are has been given you as a gift. Your, the, the natural skills and abilities you have are intended to be used for the common good of the kingdom. Did you know that? Did you know that your passions and your interests that's not just an accident. Those things that, you're, that you get, make you excited, those aren't accidents. God created you that way. And he intends to take all of your spiritual gifts, your natural skills and abilities, as well as your passion and your interest, and to use it all for the common good, as Apostle Paul would say. Because you were created with a purpose. Many years ago, uh, I met this lady, her name was Marge, her name is Marge, and uh, she was a retired computer programmer, and she came to Jesus after she retired, but when she came to Jesus, this lady was all in. Now, she had no idea what all in meant at that particular moment in her life, but she was all in, and she wanted to figure out what all in meant, and she asked me if I would help her figure out what her purpose is like because she realized that she came to Jesus after she had retired and she said, I've wasted so much time, I've got to figure this out. Now that this is awesome. I loved her attitude. So Marge and I began a journey together. Actually, Marge and I and a whole bunch of other people began a journey together. Um, but she was kind of the catalyst. So in our church at that time, we started a, something called a Spiritual Gifts Discovery Workshop. Many of you have probably uh, been a part of something like that. And we did this because of Marge, because she was so excited to figure out what all in meant for her. So what happened was, we took this, these few weeks to figure, go through this process of figuring out what her spiritual gifts were, and it was determined that Marge's spiritual gift was evangelism. Now you know what evangelism is, right? Evangelism is someone who has a gift of helping to bring people into relationship with Jesus. Now, some people um, are frightened by the very thought of that because they think it means, well, oh, i got to go sit, stand on a street corner and pound people over the head with a Bible or something like that. And, but Marge didn't feel that way about her gift. She knew that this was who, what she was created to be, and she was really excited about it, but she was burdened. You see, one of the reasons why Marge came to that church was because she had some teenage grandchildren that she loved with all of her heart. And she wanted them to know Jesus then at that point in her life, in their life. You know, because she didn't want them to have to wait until they were retired to find Jesus, right? Because she knew that if she had found Jesus when she was a teenager, that life would have been completely different. And she wanted her grandchildren, she had a passion for her grandchildren coming to meet Jesus then rather than waiting decades. But she thought, these kids are not going to listen to me. I'm a grandma. Now, she didn't just have a passion for reaching her grandchildren. She actually had a, she was having, getting this passion for reaching teenagers, but she's thinking, who's going to listen to me? These kids are not going to listen to me. And she didn't know what to do. 
So one day she set an appointment with me, and um, she came into my office and she shared her burden. She said, Craig, you know that um, I have a spiritual gift of evangelism, but I've got this burden, I've got this passion for teenagers, and I have no idea how to do it. So I said, okay, hold on for just a second, Marge. Let's stop for just a second and identify what we know so far. We know that you have a spiritual gift of evangelism. She says, yep, that's right. We know that you have a passion for teenagers like your grandchildren. She says, that's right. And I said, we also know that you are a retired computer programmer. She goes, yeah, so what? Not so ironically. How many of you know Pastor Keith Nestor? You guys know Keith? Many many of you do. Well, back in the day, Keith was the youth pastor at this church that... that, um, I was at. And we were in the middle of a youth revival in this church. This, I am not exaggerating one little bit. Every Wednesday night, we would have hundreds and hundreds of non-churched kids coming to our youth ministry. Kids that didn't grow up going to church, who didn't know Jesus, but they were just flocking to this church for some reason. It was a Holy Spirit thing. They were flocking to this church, which is a great problem to have, but the biggest problem was that there were so many of them, we, we couldn't keep track of them. They would be coming, and we would try to do this registration line so we'd know who was coming, and they'd fill out these registration cards, blah, whatever, and we could never get through the, the registration line fast enough to get them in for worship. So as I'm sitting and I'm talking to Marge, um, the Holy Spirit knocked me on top of the head, and he said, Craig, Marge is the solution to your problem. And I looked at her, and I go, she is, isn't she? And I said, Marge, I know your purpose. She goes, good, because I don't. I said, because you have a gift of evangelism, and you have a passion for teenagers, and you have the ability to write computer code, would you be willing to write a computer program that would help us to create a database so that when these kids come to church, um, we would be able to keep track of them and be able to do follow-up with them? And she said, I can do that. Now, today, there's all kinds of those things available, but 20 years ago, it didn't exist. The only thing we had was Marge. She was all we needed. And they used, that church used that computer program for years to track these students because of her, her spiritual gift, her passion for teenagers, and her ability of computer programming. God used her to bring literally hundreds of kids to faith in Christ. Now, I know that's kind of a unique story, isn't it? Have you ever heard anything like that? It's unique, but it doesn't have to be. You know why? Because, Rod, you've got spiritual gifts. You've got natural abilities, and you've got passions, and so do the rest of you. 
God wants to take all that you are and do something awesome with it. There are people, you probably got a voice right in your head, I don't have anything like that. Yes, you do, because God said you do. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have at least one spiritual gift. You may have a whole bunch. You have skills that you have developed over the years, and you all have passions and interests. I have a friend, um, he's a mechanic up north of Cedar Rapids, and one day he heard a message like this, and he goes, he goes, I don't have anything to offer, I'm just a mechanic. And someone who was filled with the Spirit said, you know what we have? We've got a lot of um, single moms in our church who, whose cars are always breaking down. Wouldn't it be cool if they knew that they had somebody that they could go to and help them with their cars and that would do it just because Jesus loved them? And you know what he developed that? He, he had this spiritual gift of evangelism too apparently because what he was doing was he, would then, he then started that ministry where people would start donating old cars to, to him and then he would give them away to people who didn't have any cars. He'd fix them up and give them away. Spiritual gifts, skills and abilities, passion and interest. That's you. Now, probably you don't need much help identifying your natural skills. You probably know those right off the top of your head. There's probably a good chance that you know what your passions and your interests are already. You don't need me to tell you what they are. You may not know what your spiritual gifts are, and that's how I'm going to help you today. So, if you got one of these, and if you didn't, just look real close. Somebody will share it with you. In fact, we can go ahead and put, do we have that up to put up on the screen? On your handouts today, you'll notice here at the very bottom of the page, in kind of a pink or red or whatever, I'm kind of colorblind, but there's a, yeah, blue. There's a, there's a, a website that you can go to that will help you to begin the process of discerning your spiritual gifts. Now, is there anything super awesome about this particular spiritual gifts inventory? No, there's all kinds of them out there. This one's pretty good, though. Actually, Ron and Pat shared it with me, and it's a good one. I went and did it myself this week, and if you want to begin the process of figuring out what gifts God has given you, go to this website. It's very simple to do. It'll take you about five, ten minutes tops, right? And you will have begun the journey of discovering what your spiritual gifts are. And here's what I want to offer to you. If you decide that that's what you want to do, I'm going to step back for just a second and let you know that you can do with these gifts whatever you want. You can do nothing with them. But if you remember the story of the uh, parable of the talents, if you do nothing with them, you lose them. So you can choose to do that.
You can do with these whatever you want. But if you choose to take hold of your gifts, and then if you make the next step of saying, I want to invest them for the kingdom, for the common good, as Paul would say, I want you to come and talk to me. We'll go out and have a cup of coffee together, maybe have lunch together. You just have to let me know, and we'll find a time to do it. And together, like I did with Marge, we'll begin this journey of figuring out how your spiritual gifts, your skills and abilities, and your passions and interests can be invested for the common good, for the sake of the kingdom, to help share the love of Jesus with the world. I started today by saying that this could be the most important day of your life. Because up to now, you may not even have realized that all these things were given to you for a purpose. It's not just an accident. Who you are is who you are for a reason. And you have a purpose beyond yourself that will give you life, that will make the day brighter, that will give you joy in ways you never dreamed or imagined, simply because you're understanding, grasping, and living that it's not all about you. Let's pray. Lord, I'm excited for the journey for some of these folks. Some of them are going to do it, and I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to see what new ministries might evolve or the ways in which they might get connected in, uh, for, the, for the common good, for the sake of the gospel in general. Lord, let your Holy Spirit begin to move in a powerful and profound way as these people live into their calling and their purpose with the ingredients of spiritual gifts and talents and abilities and passions and interests. May we truly embrace what it means to be the hands and the feet of Jesus for the world, knowing that we have been created with a purpose, with a, a purpose that will fulfill the common good to share the love of, of God with the world. Thank you, Jesus, for that, for that privilege. In your holy name, amen.